Today's episode of Peers to Peers is powered by Shopify, the leading global commerce company that's shaping today's entrepreneurial economy. What started as three mates in a coffee shop trying to sell a snowboard has ended in thousands of employees around the world, bringing over 1.7 million businesses to life. You could say Shopify is a peer to us and entrepreneurs around the world. So peers, if you're looking to start your own business, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Akidinol, founder of Leading Australian Podcast Agency and 2021 Australian Podcast Awards finalists, The Peers Project, and your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite an inspiring millennial entrepreneur from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer to peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way, pursue your passion, and why there's really nothing better. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. When was the last time you owned a mistake you made, peers? In our society, where perfectionism is ever so prevalent, Mistakes are often seen as something to be avoided, at all costs. But what if there's power in them? In today's episode, we hear from Becca Stern, one of the co-founders of homeware brand Mustard Made. What began as a simple idea has grown into a global brand that sells colourful lockers to bring joy to your home. In this ep, Becca shares her experience with whisper ideas, how she's built a global brand and team, and why making mistakes is human. For those of you who haven't yet posted about our podcast on your socials, or if you're new here, firstly, welcome. And please do take a screenshot of this episode right now, post it to your Instagram story, and tag us at The Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs. And help us in our mission to empower you all to pursue what you're most passionate about through entrepreneurship. Okay, peers, without further ado, welcome Becca. Becca, welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. So nice to meet you, Michelle. So, you know, when yourself, your sister and I recently connected and I looked into both of you and the incredible work you're doing and the business that you've built, I knew I had to have you both come on the show and I'm excited that you're here with us today, Becca, but I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, I'm very excited. Such an honor. Amazing. So look, for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm 
Rebecca Stern, also known as Becca, or one half of Becca and Jess, and I am the co-founder with my sister of Mustard Made. We sell colourful, vibrant lockers. So that's lockers like what you would find in a high school, not like a locket that you'd wear around your neck, as people often confuse it. So they're like beautiful, um, colourful bits of furniture for your home, for your kids' room, or for your workspace. Ah, and they're so pretty. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and they come in pink. <laughs> they come in pink. Perfect. Oh, it's just such a cool idea and concept and company. And I can't wait to dive deeper into it. But before we do, I'd love to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing. And that is, where did you grow up? And how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? I feel like people are always a bit confused about my accent as well, because I grew up in London. So I have a London-ish accent and then I moved to Australia so I have a bit of Australian in there as my son says that we sound Australia-ish, um, <laughs> a bit of both. Um, so yeah, I grew, grew up in London and lived there up until I was in uh, sort of late teens and then I went to university in another city but I think I think growing up in London it does give you that huge kind of vision of what's possible. You know, it's such a an exciting, dynamic, rich, cultural, diverse place to grow up. Um, and you've kind of got, I mean, what feels like the whole world on your doorstep, you know, you can just hop on a plane at Heathrow and you can or get on the train and be in Paris in a couple of hours. And it's that sort of feeling that, I mean, maybe this, sound, this is wrong, but it feels like London is the center of the world, the universe even. So that's that I think I think you're right. It, it does give you an insight, I suppose. I always felt like I could I could go anywhere in life, um, like literally travel or or wherever I wanted to go in terms of a career or something. Um so I did a lot of traveling when I was younger and then I ended up moving to a small beachy kind of city in uh Newcastle in Australia. And it's very different here, but also just has this very um dynamic and yeah exciting it's kind of on the cusp of you know things are always changing here there's always a new cafe there's always something new to do um so it's still that kind of sense of excitement um yeah I've been here for 10 years now so definitely the accents kicked in oh no our Aussie accent has kicked in we love the UK accent keep it keep it (laughs) Oh, no, I love that. And I think it's so, I love asking that question because I just think it's so interesting where your origins were, what you grew up around, you know, being in London and kind of growing up around this massive big city, as you said, like almost the center of what feels like the center of the world. You know, you mentioned that you felt like you could do anything. How did that play out in your early years? You know, Becker as a teen, Becker is, you know, in her youth. What did that mean for her and for you? And I guess, was there a time, the earliest time that you can remember where you just thought, oh my goodness, yes, I can do it all. And what what was that experience like? I think for me, it was having the freedom to choose a creative path in terms of education. And I think that's you know, such a, such a luxury. It's such a privilege to not have to think that I need to have a career where I'm, you know, certain to make money because I was pretty sure I never would. Um, I studied conceptual art. So it was called critical fine art practice at Brighton University. Um, 
So that's quite a, uh, quite an, I guess, a unique path to take, um, to becoming an entrepreneur, I suppose. Um, but really, you know, for, for me, the thing that I, I really took from that course. So it was, it was very much about ideas. So it was about taking, you know, the foundation of our artwork was the ideas behind it the why, the reason, the context, you know, the history that you were building upon and your, how you were contributing to that story and the, you know, this sort of the language that you could put into it and, and tell your story on top of everything else that's ever gone before you. And so I think when I, when I take a step back and although I didn't become an artist or a curator as maybe, you know, that would have been the next kind of progression, Actually, all of those things have just been embedded so deep within me and that they've become so much of how I've approached business as well as life as well. Mm. I love that. And I love how you mentioned that it's a privilege. You know, I mm. think, you know, I think so many of us can get caught up or, you know, just in the day to day of doing what we're doing. And I think sometimes we can forget that being able to wake up, you know, a lot of, Piece out there listening on the pod who listen to the pod go to these university courses and do all this interesting stuff sometimes we can just get caught up in the day to get today and just forget to kind of appreciate the fact that we have this awesome opportunity to do this thing that most people they don't even get to go to uni or they don't even get to let alone you know study it down a, you know go down a creative path or something a little bit different and and whatnot and i think you know for our peers out there listening who just feel a bit Ugh, and like lost and sluggish and where they're at with, you know, whether it's their career or, you know, what they're studying or whatever it may be, what advice would you give to us around kind of recentering ourselves and remembering how lucky we really are to be where we're at? Then I guess where's that line between being lucky and knowing that, hang on, maybe it is time for a change? Mm, what a beautiful question. Um, I think that, you know, we all, we all have things to be grateful for. And actually it's, it's funny you bring that up because gratitude is something that is very much a daily practice in my house. I have three boys. So they're 12, uh, just turned five and one and a half. And we have a gratitude book that we write in as a family. Or I just, you know, I just ask them is, is the kind of thing that I, I have been building on that, I suppose, and trying to teach them for, for many, many years. And, and I do think that, you know, that does seep in to, to the business. You know, I'm so grateful for my team. I'm so grateful for my customers. I mean, can you imagine people found us and then they wanted to go on our website and then they wanted to even purchase? And then at the end of that, they give us a, a five star review. I mean, they took five minutes of their day to do that. And I, and I just, I just hope that I, I, you know, I never lose that spark of gratitude. So yeah, I think, I think it's kind of taking a step back and, and recalibrating yourself whenever you do feel like that. And, and I definitely often do. When you do feel that kind of sluggish kind of mood wash over you, it's like, Oh, wait a second. You know, no, there are these good things. And, and even if they're not, you kind of get to make those, you know, you take one step forward, you put one step one foot in front of the other and you keep doing that and one day you'll look back and see how far you've come and that's very much been the story of my life like it's it's been a journey to get here um 
yeah, hasn't hasn't always been been an easy ride, but I think now I look back and I, you know, I just can't believe that this is where I, you know, I often think, you know, how lucky I am, but then I remind myself or all my friends kind of hammer it into me, like, you're not lucky, like you built this, you've got yourself here. And um, yeah, I think I think you, you have to give yourself a pat on the back every now and again and be grateful for yourself too. Mm. Absolutely. And I think it can be tough to be great, <laughs> you know, to give ourselves that validation to go, mm. you know what, you actually did this and this was you. And although, you know, luck may have played a bit of a role, like this was your doing, you know, at what point for you, perhaps it was when you were still studying, maybe it was when you started your business, did you just kind of, did you have to remind yourself or was there a moment or time where you just were really feeling low and like you just, oh, well, I don't deserve that pat on the back. Uh, you know, I, I've got to be further ahead or whatever it is. Like, was there a time for you that you felt that and how did you navigate through that? Oh, absolutely. I've been mm. there. <laughs> Haven't oh, yeah. we all? Um, so when I, I moved to Australia in my early 20s with my son and a year after moving here, I split up with his dad. So I found myself in a new city a pretty small city as well, with a child, with no family, with a couple of, you know, scrappy friendships that I was just kind of trying to build upon and a house that we had just bought but kind of like just started renovating, but it had one working PowerPoint and no running water and I had no furniture. So that was kind of um, one of those moments where you... <laughs> where you look and wonder how your life turned up quite like this. Um, and then I did just do what I said. I put, you know, you put one foot in front of the other and you just keep going and keep believing, you know, that good things can happen. And you, I, I think it's kind of, you know, a combination of acceptance and hope. You know, you have to accept where you are in order to kind of be hopeful and to move forward to something new. Um, you can't kind of live in the future and you can't live in the past. You just have to kind of accept where you are and keep keep moving forward. And I, I think I've also, I've always like lived with a, a sense of ambiguity, which I think is one challenge for the people around me sometimes in life. Like, I don't know what I'm doing next week. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not a huge planner. I'm, I'm really the kind of person that wants to be in the moment. And, and if you drag me into the future and make me make plans, it makes me a little nervous. Um, which might be a funny thing to hear for, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, because I think, feel like a lot of entrepreneurs can be quite, you know, strategic and focused. And, and for me, it's, you know, life is really the joy of seeing what's, what surprises are coming next. And my business, if I had, known I mean I just never would have guessed I never would have guessed this is what would happen and if I had kind of planned solidly for what I thought was going to happen which I kind of tried to I made a two-year business plan and within about a month everything all these ideas that I had my wildest like hopes of how many lockers I would sell in my two-year projections we sold in a month so what did I know you know <laughs> Life had a lot to teach me there. Um, and so since then, you know, especially with COVID, 
none of us are making plans that stick anyway. So I'm, I'm kind of enjoying that the world is uh, settling into that, that vibe of just seeing what, what good stuff is around the corner or not, you know, what, what tough stuff as well and, and kind of taking it in its stride and yeah, rolling with the punches. Mm, rolling with the punches. <laughs> I so appreciate you sharing that really tough moment, you know, for our peers out there listening who feel like they're in that right now, they feel like they're in that place where perhaps it's a completely different scenario. You know, they're not in Australia having just broken up with a child, like, but even still it's almost they've lost their job or you, their business has failed due to COVID or whatever it may be, or maybe it's not even as dramatic as that. Maybe it's just that this week they really feel like a failure. You know, when we're at our lowest of our low, how can we get better at keeping on, like at continuing, at getting back up? Like it, could, it can just be so hard. What advice would you have? I always like to think that life is long. You know, we always talk about, oh, life is so short. But, I mean, it's the longest thing you're ever going to do is, is live your life, you know, however long or short it is it'll that that's the biggest thing that you're ever going to do and then it'll end so so I so I like to think of it as long it's kind of flipping that on its head that there is time you know there is and and it's kind of like a book that has a lot of chapters so there was this chapter in my life where you know I I found myself in, in, in a lot of despair and it was it was a really dark time for me in many ways but that was also just part of that was a chapter, you know, and now I'm on a different chapter and there were many chapters in between. And it's that kind of freedom that you're still writing this story. You get to dictate at least, at least some of it, you know, you get to dictate or you get to choose how you respond to it and, and what character you're going to play. Are you going to be, you know, are you going to be sad? That's okay. Are you going to be happy? Are you going to be joyful? Like you get to choose what this character of your story, your life is going to look like. Um, I always kind of think of it like, you know, when uh, like a lot of parents, they, when they are pregnant, they really, really think about the birth and the birth is like enormous in their mind. It like takes over everything. And then they have the baby and then they realize they've got like 45 years of, you know, solid parenting ahead of them. And that that was just the first page of the book. You know, that was just page one. And, and you think it's the whole, you think you could never get past this, you know, this whole experience, but actually come day two, I mean, that was quite, you know, it wasn't as big a deal as you thought it was basically. And I, and I kind of think the rough patches in our lives are like that. You know, when you're in it, it's like the biggest thing ever. And, you know, we've had those challenges with mustard, like where you just can't see past it. You can't get out. And then a week later, you're like, oh yeah, that thing that happened. And, and you know what? It didn't turn out as badly as we thought. I love your lighthearted or it feels you know <laughs> spontaneous but also like very in the moment zest and energy for life you know was where did that come from for you and I guess was it instilled by your parents in any way or you know wh where was that influence for you or is it how you've always been and for those of us who are a bit more type a or we really struggle with living in the moment you know what are some things we can do to really just live in the now and just make the most of it um that's a it's an interesting question my 
So our mum has bipolar. So for us, I guess our lives were quite up and down and quite unstable. So perhaps it was kind of a, you know, a way that I coped with that is just to go with the flow. And, you know, some days were good, some days were bad. And that's, um, that's life. That's mum. That's okay. Um, and then I think because our parents were separated quite young, you know, we had these sort of two different homes and we had, they were quite different parenting styles and we kind of had these different influences. So yeah, I think there was, there was a lot of kind of change and, um, being adapting, adaptable, um, as children. And then I just, I did a lot of traveling. So I, I don't know, I never really went to music festivals, which is maybe something I regret a bit. What I did with like all my friends would save up and go to music festivals. And I would just like, I went traveling to another country and it was kind of every opportunity that I got from a pretty young age, like in my teens, I would go somewhere. And I think it's that sort of perspective, um, you know, that the world is a big place and there's a lot of ways to do life. You know, you think if you kind of stay in one spot with the same people, you kind of think that this is how we do life. And then, you know, when I was 19, I went and traveled on my own through India. And you realize that my goodness, is there different ways to live life? You know, these, the things that I value or the way that I approach relationships, you know, I mean, you have a stranger come sit on your lap and that's, that's totally normal. That's not what we do in London. You know, we don't even make eye contact. Maybe there's another way. And maybe, maybe this way, you know, maybe I could, I could break the rules and, and do something different. So I, I think, I think also kind of on, on that note, like it's, it's being, allowing yourself to not restrict yourself based on what other people think. So I'm very well aware that some people think I'm, you know, I've made some weird decisions in life. And at the time, you know, people have let me know that. And I'm okay, you know, I'm okay with that. I'm okay to hear that. And I probably preempt it a lot and kind of, you know, I build myself up for that, for that sort of expectation. People might feel like that because they have in my life. But what I haven't done is let it stop me from making that decision that I'm really sure that I want to make. And, you know, if you, if you kind of allow yourself to make your decisions internally and then you face the world and then, then they support you sooner or later, you know, whereas if you go around living your life kind of unsure of what you're supposed to be doing and asking for this advice and you never, you know, then you get pulled and you get swayed in all these different directions and everyone has their own reasons for saying what they're saying, but they're not really your reasons. So I think, yeah, that was kind of something my mom taught me pretty early on. It was like, you make your own mind up and then you go out and you tell the world what you're going to do and they'll support you. Oh, <laughs> that's so powerful, Becca. What a wise, She's a a good wise mother. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> I want to dive into mustard made so you know you mentioned that it if it's my if it's something I know that is right for me to do I will go off and do it was that moment for you in Jess clear and if so where did the idea come about and how did you know you just had to go out and pursue it oh you're really asking good questions I'm loving this (laughs) so it was after some years of me running my own business, I had been a single mom for some time 
and I had kind of yeah been doing doing different markets and events and I, I ended up starting my own market and I'd kind of had all this experience of of kind of working with other small businesses. So so I was really I was really kind of in that world where the people around me were also running small businesses and that was that was a you know a brilliant kind of place to be. But I also got to this point where I realized that what I was doing making handmade products was never going to get, it was either going to scale and lose the very thing about it that I had loved most, or it wasn't going to scale and it wasn't going to go anywhere further than where I had got it, which I was proud of. And I think, you know, I always see that business as a success. I just decided to stop it and that's okay. Um, kind of like relationships, you know, you can have a good relationship that still ends. That's okay. Um, so I was really happy to kind of kind of leave that there um, at the point where I had just had a baby. And I kind of said to myself, I'm going to use this year, you know, people people take maternity leave. Maybe I'll do that thing and, and chill out and enjoy my baby, you know, because the first time with my first son, I, I'd gone straight back to university. So I never really had that kind of, um, I was 21 when he was born. So I was like, I was determined, you know, I'm, I'm not ill. I've got a baby. I'm still going to uni. And then the second time around, I was like, you know what? Maybe just chill out this time a little bit. Not that having a baby is that chilled, FYI, but I'm not going to do the work thing and the baby thing this time around. A month later, a month after giving birth, Jess was over in Australia to meet baby Ellis and um, we were just talking about starting a business, which was something that had come up many, many times before. We'd actually always wanted to start a bra company. Um, Jess had worked as a fashion buyer and was at the time also had this job that was kind of part of our like training that if she learned more about, about lingerie, that maybe that that would be what we did in our lives. Um, but also, yeah, it never quite happened. You know, we had this idea for a long time, but we never really went for it. And so this day we're walking along the beach and got a little baby in the carrier and we're, you know, it's kind of like setting the scene. It was all beautiful and sunny in Newcastle along this beach walk. And we're just, we, we were just kind of imagining what it would be like if we worked together because we lived on the other side of the world to each other and we, we were really, really close, but always far apart. We missed each other a lot. So that was that was kind of why this conversation started. It was like, how can we hang out more? I miss you. Um, and then and then it was really kind of like this this locker idea came up because I had read this article about whisper ideas, and it this article talked about how whisper ideas are like these things that you have to speak so quietly because if anybody heard they could run off and take your idea and run with it but often those things are not the ones that become successful it's you know that's the kind of idea that anybody could do but the ideas that really really work are the ones where you can do it in your way the best and no one else you could tell a million people but no one else could do it the way that you do it and I just love this idea you know that's that's so powerful. Like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to put your own stamp on it and give something unique to the world, which maybe comes back to what I was saying about my degree. You know, it was like, how do I put my stamp on the world? What do I love that maybe no one else quite gets? 
And that's where we landed on lockers because I've always had this thing for metal lockers that nobody else really <laughs> understands. <laughs> well, there you go. No, yep. I, I, <laughs> I absolutely love it. And I feel like I was there on that beach. You guys are just walking and you're just having these chats, you know. Where to from there? I think so many of us are at, you know, get to that stage of, oh, dreaming up this idea and we can feel it and maybe we can just see it. But then there is just so much more involved to actually take that to market or take that to make that commitment that you're going to stick at it for an extended period of time, you know. What were some of those early challenges like when you went, you know what, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be lockers and, <laughs> you know, we're going to see what it's where it's going to take us. What were some of those early challenges? For me, I always feel like things, they're always emotional first. Mm. Always. You know, like you've got to deal with your own baggage yeah. before you can deal with, I don't know, whatever it is in, on your to-do list. You know, why am I not tackling that email or something deep inside of me needs fixing first? So so I think I would definitely say that Jess, Jess kind of has, she's more confident at making decisions quickly, whereas I like to incubate ideas is what I say. It's like I need to kind of, I need to get there. And then when I'm there, I'm all in. So when we first had this idea and I kind of threw out this idea of lockers, Jess was like, huh? Nah, not really, don't really get that. No, I wouldn't really have one of those in my home. So I'd just like to note that she was wrong. <laughs> and she definitely, uh, she came around to the idea. I kind of said to her, look, just, you just leave this with me. I'm going to, I'm going to ponder this. I'm going to do some research. I'm going to see what I come up with. Like I'm at home with my baby while I'm sitting on the sofa. I'm going to, I'm going to see where this goes. And then once I started kind of talking, I I went and found manufacturers and I asked a hundred thousand questions. I set up meetings with this guy that somebody that I knew knew of who had a warehouse you know, I set up a meeting with somebody who had imported some containers from China before. I didn't know him, but he, you know, was suddenly like the guy I was asking 500 questions to. And I listened to podcasts and I read books and I signed myself up for a business course. Even though I had had a business, I did this kind of six month beginner's business course. It was like back to basics. And, and that was kind of where I built out this. It's pretty quickly uh, thrown out the window, but I built up this business plan. And for me, it was kind of that process of proving the worth of this idea to myself first. And then again, I could go and prove it to Jess and my, my husband and my, my kids or like my kids in the future. You know, why, why was I committing to this thing? Like I needed to know, not that. Not that it was all going to work out because you never do, but I needed to know that it was built on solid foundations. And as much as, you know, sometimes we can talk, you know, entrepreneurs sort of talk about big risks, taking risks and being bold, I think that you need these solid foundations. You need to test your concept. You need to ask 500 people, you know, do a survey take the product, you know, photos to to 10 friends and buy them all dinner or whatever it takes 
for you to walk away and feel like if I put my heart and soul into this, I know something's something good's coming of this. You know, it might not go to plan and it might not work out in the long run, but like I, I really have thought this through and it is worth all the blood, sweat and tears that are about to come, right? It's not just, it's not just like, I've got this idea and I'm going to leap. I think that's, that's, you know, that's a very short story that never really works out. It's more like, I've got this idea and I need to build my case for myself, for my family, and then to the world, you know, and then when I've got it like so set in stone, the world is just going to believe me. They're going to believe in this product. Such great advice. You guys can't see me, but I am nodding (laughs) along furiously because it does take blood, sweat, and tears. How can we get better at after doing our due diligence, after doing the process, the research, the courses, the whatever it is, the whole deal at believing that we or I or you are the right person to execute on something. I think so much of the time we can psych ourselves out if we do all the research and then we think, oh no, what if it's not going to be a hundred percent or whatever it may be? You know, how, where is that balance between the knowing within and the self-belief and the external work and validation that's required? How do we find that balance? Oh, I'm working on that one, <laughs> you know. <laughs> as I am think, I. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, and, you know, I have to say particularly as women, you know, I think that that is a challenge that we, you know, we do face on a daily basis. In fact, I was literally talking about that today with one of our team that, you know, sometimes I don't feel like I'm the person that people think I am. You know, I don't feel as confident as I would like to feel or I, you know, I feel, you know, that is, that's what imposter syndrome is and it's it's very real, guys, guys and girls, it's very real. So, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, still learning to feel those things. Something that I personally find helps me is um, two things. One thing is like hearing other people's screw-ups, right? My favorite, favorite thing is when I get an email and then I get another email where the company says, whoops, we made a mistake and put the wrong price. Or, you know, someone sends you an email and they don't send the attachment that they said. And and it's just that like, not that I'm like happy they failed at something, but I just feel like, oh, it's not just me. I'm not the only one slipping or less than perfect or, you know, sometimes a little off my of my like EDM link game, you know, sometimes I, I drop that wrong link in or forget to edit it. And, and that's okay because I'm in the game and I'm trying. And if I wasn't trying, I wouldn't have made the mistake. So maybe Becca, just maybe you can forgive yourself for that, you know, slip up that you did three weeks ago, you're still thinking about. So yeah, I think, I think that's one thing. It's kind of like just always remembering that you're not the only person. Everyone makes mistakes. And it's really nice to hear when other people do. So <laughs> tell people about the things that, in fact, I'll tell, I'll tell you one yeah, great one that we did because <laughs> I know it's coming next. Oh, yeah. Um, we, for the very first time, about a year deep into Mustard, we put it, put on our out of office email. So that's like, you know, we had worked solidly for a year and for like 
whatever time a week at Christmas, we were going to take a break. So we switched it on and then all of these auto replies started coming back. It was like a few and then it was a few hundred and then it was thousands. And it turned out that this auto reply email had been sent to not only every single person that had ever been emailed by our accounts, but every thread, every single time they had emailed, they got an email to say, by the way, we're going on holiday. So we had our, you know, our stockists, we had our customers, everyone saying, oh, that's really nice. You're going on holiday. Thanks for letting us know. <laughs> Times, you know, thousands. So there you go. If you're, if you're feeling bad about something that you did last week, give yourself a break because you didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that is too good. Oh, my goodness. Super professional. Oh, you know, you just your first time, it was your first time. You were just trying to take a moment. Yeah. Everyone knew about it. And that's what happens when you try to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> no rest. Oh, no rest. I want to talk about rest for a moment. You know, as entrepreneurs, we sometimes, and as female entrepreneurs especially, we, we can drive ourselves into the ground, you know, as you mentioned that, that, imposter syndrome, all of these things just pop out all the time. We never feel, I mean, literally I had this today, I was quoting a, a client and I just, I've been thinking about that quote. I verbally quoted it and I've been going back and forth all afternoon going, should have said hi. Oh, I don't want them to not buy. Oh, don't. <laughs> we do it all the time. You know, how, how can we get better at appreciating when at giving us our, ourselves space, time, you know, just to process, to take that time out for self-care and also just to not, and also just that time to not have our minds going in a million miles and always wondering and questioning if what we're doing is enough. Oh, another one. I'm still very much, you know, I'm, I'm here with you. I'm, I'm here learning this one. And I think, you know, maybe anyone that tells you they figured it all out is lying. So maybe we're all learning this. It's a process. You know, it is a process and there will be hard times where you're better at it and times where you're not. And, and, and maybe that's kind of where I've got to in terms of, you know, I have three children. I have a full-time business job. I also happen to have a business that operates around the world. So time zones for me, you know, between time zones and getting the kids to sleep. So tonight I've got, you know, said goodbye to my three kids, nipped off to the office in the evening to record this. And then I'll go back and, you know, probably one of them will wake up or something. So I guess like for me, there's, there's kind of always been very little time since I started Mustard that is for me between all of those things. So so that's kind of something that I've been working on. So Thursdays now is my mum day. I have my two little ones. I take my bigger one to school. And some weeks that doesn't work out. You know, some weeks we just do a photo shoot and, and it just had to happen on a Thursday and that's okay. And then other weeks I have, you know, the best day ever with them at the beach and it all goes to plan. Some days I'll have my kids and it's terrible. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's kind of like, it's like always just looking at it like, day to day, week to week, you know, 
sometimes if you make these kind of enormous statements that I'm going to do yoga, you know, 20 minutes every single day ever, you're just kind of allowing yourself to to feel disappointed when you don't do that. So I, so although I, I, you know, I think it's important to kind of make commitments to yourself. I also think maybe don't, don't kind of commit yourself forever. It's like this week I'm going to be awesome at this thing. And then maybe next week I'm going to work, you know, 15 hour days because that's what my job needs. So, you know, there are different kind of seasons to life and some of them involve a lot of work. Some of them involve being, I don't know, in Barbados on a beach would be lovely, but that's, you know, that's not where I'm at this week. So I am where I am and I'm going to do what I can do. Yeah. I I also, I keep a little gratitude, a business gratitude book on my desk, which is, is my kind of, I guess, like top tip because I think we, you know, we often just don't realize how much we've achieved, right? We have this kind of never ending inbox we have Trello and I swear Trello is amazing, but it makes it feel like there is never a bottom of that to-do list. You know, if you get to one board, there's another board. So, so for me, it's kind, it's a place where I, I think actually today I wrote something in it and it was number 39. So we've been going for four years. So that's 10 things a year that I've, I have felt like were momentous enough to put in my little book that, that says get shit done on it. And yeah, it's kind of just that like that moment to just think like, wow, we, we have come quite far and, and I'm pretty actually proud of that. Absolutely. I love this idea of a gratitude book. Mm. Oh, look, Becca, <laughs> we could talk for days, but I am so mindful of your time. I've got a couple of final questions for you. And the first one is around that failure and win. What has been your greatest failure and your greatest win to date? Um, I mean, I, I very much am the kind of person, maybe, maybe you might predict this, that I, I don't tend to think of things as failures. Um, you know, they, they're lessons to learn from in, once you get past them, you know, at the time, like, let's go all in and call it a failure because that's how you feel. It's kind of lying if you say otherwise. But in hindsight, you know, those are the things that, that got you where you are today. So so I don't like to kind of think about all the crappy decisions I've made in my life as failures. Just I did the best I could at the time and, and this is where I was. But I think, you know, from, from a business point of view, something that um, really I feel where I let the business and my team down has been in terms of hiring so I've I've always been the kind of person that does every you know I'm very independent I like to do everything myself whereas Jess came from a a more corporate background where she always had a team so there was always people above her always people below her there was kind of this like progression you know she knew where she was going and she knew who she was managing or who was managing her so that was a very natural place for her to be and a very unnatural place for me. And it's taken time. You know, each hire has been this mountain of, you know, worry. And what if I, you know, what if I don't like them? What if they don't like me? What if they, they can't do the things that they say they can do? And what if I, I don't know, what if, what if this business isn't good enough for them? And they get in here and they realize that we don't know what we're doing. 
and I've got to explain to them, you know, all these things that are in my head. Um, so yeah, for me, that's, that's kind of an area where I think I wish I had known that, that this story works out really well in the end, that every hire that we've made has been a brilliant experience and, you know, our team are so happy to come to work. And yes, our business is not perfect. And yes, we haven't got it all together. They still love it. And, and I adore, you know, I adore the dynamic of our team and the individuals within it. And I probably just would like rewind and go back in time and be like, go on, just do it a bit sooner because that's when, you know, when Mustard really started to expand and become you know, when you start a business, it's really like amazing. You do everything and then it all gets too much. And it's that, it's that kind of expansion where you need other people when you feel like you can't do everything to the, you know, as well as you want to. And then someone else comes along and they're like, Oh, actually, this was a full time job. I can't believe you were doing this, you know, in like the afternoon on a Sunday night or something like this is a whole job that somebody needs to be doing. So we hired customer service people. Then we hired design, graphic designers. So we've got two that work with us now. And now we have, yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking for six new people at the moment. And that for me still brings up all this kind of anxiety, but I'm just like, you know what? This works out fine. You know, it, it, this story goes well. So yeah, that's definitely, um, you know, a place I think where, where Jess has, has really had that confidence. And, and I feel like I let her down by holding her back in, in going kind of forward, like full gung ho on that. In fact, she actually, she interviewed for one role and she liked two people so much that she hired them both. And we didn't even have a role for the other person. We just knew it was the right person and we created this role. And of course it became, you know, she made it her own and, and it suddenly was like, how did we ever do without both of these people? And, and I think that kind of confidence that she has, you know, I'd, I'd like to say it's, it's little by little rubbing off on me. Absolutely. And I'm sure in so many other ways, vice versa. <laughs> I've got two final questions for you. I just want to take a moment to read out something that your sister wrote on Instagram. I think it was a couple of days ago. She said, happy birthday to my big sister, AKA Becca Bear. You are my wonderful sister. Uh, you, my wonderful sister, are the other, are my other half. The one that motivates me, the one I rely on the most, my biggest cheerleader. And over the past six months, mo- the one that's guided me through it all. You are just spectacular. You're a spectacular human being. I kept telling her, but I don't think she believes it. So I'm writing on Instagram to make it legit, right? And she goes on to say, you know, love, I love you lots, Jess. As a Aww. big sister, oh, it's so beautiful. As a big sister, as a leader, as a company owner, as a mum, you know, what has been your greatest lesson about leadership, about being there, supporting others? What's been your greatest lesson throughout the journey? I'd probably say that you can do it your own way. You know, there's not one size fits all. There's, you know, different leaders will attract different followers or, you know, build different relationships with people and they're not my followers, that that we're a team. But you know what I mean? Like a different person would have created a different kind of locker business. Um so I, I think it's like knowing that 
the things that are important to you, you can bring that to your business, you know, your life experience. You know, you started this with asking where I've come from. Like that is all part of mustard today. And that's kind of the, the, we always say it's like the special sauce. It's the mustard that, you know, us being who we are is our special sauce. That's our mustard is always, you know, some businesses might want to talk about certain topics, you know, like, for example, like to bring up something that was really difficult was like the Black Lives Matter kind of moment erupting. And it's kind of, you know, like how as a business do we tackle this enormous issue that is so emotive and challenging and confronting, but so, so important? You know, we're not equipped to have all these answers, but bringing it back to ourselves and what we believe, what we know to be true and what, what do we stand for? behind you know if somebody was to say you've done all this wrong what would we say we really we we you might think that but we still really believe this and you know I think you know certainly in terms of you know the dynamic of of the company like sometimes you know Jess and I might disagree with things and there are times where one of us just has to say no I'm really certain about this thing and I, I can't let this one slide or you know, actually, you know, I, I see how strongly you feel about this and and I'm going to back down here even if I disagree. Like I'm going to trust your instinct and support that decision, not, you know, not come back later and say, told you so. It's like we're a team, we're a unit. Um, definitely, you know, Jess and I, we make decisions very much together, but I think it's it's kind of, you know, allowing people to come to work as whole people with their whole kind of experience behind them and and to give that to ourselves and to say like there are things that I feel weird about for some reason and you know what is that what what it I can't just come to work and be this kind of like shell of a professional you know I'm not I'm I'm me and it's and it's okay you know sometimes I'm forgetful sometimes I'm I don't know have bursts of geniusness and sometimes I'm like you know, completely the opposite and, and can't string a sentence together. All of those things are okay as a leader in business, as a sister, all of those things you talked about and definitely as a parent. That's, that's maybe where I, where I've kind of come up with this idea. You know, we, we always called my mom a crummy mummy and that's kind of an endearing thing in our family. She's a crummy mummy and that's, that's cool. You know, that's okay that she's not perfect. She like was never that good at making lunchboxes. That's okay. And we love her for it. So, so I guess, you know, with my kids, I definitely, I, you know, they see me for better and worse and, and still love me. So maybe, maybe that's given me some confidence too. <laughs> Absolutely. I ha- hats off to all of the mothers listening and all of our peers who are mums. <laughs> oh my goodness. You guys are superstars. I want to take a moment. Becca, before I ask you the final question, to acknowledge you and Jess, although she isn't here with us today, for the incredible work you've done and that you've both done and that you're doing, you know, for showing us, and particularly us ambitious, you know, millennial women, that we have that vision, that goal and that dream. If we really want it, we can go out there and make it happen. We can do it our way can stick to our guns and I think just your story and both of you know, your journey shows us that for that we really appreciate you well thank you of course Gosh, uh, you really, really got me oh. in, the, in the heart right there thank you oh, it's really of course. kind 
The final question is how we finish every episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, and that is, what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? Mm. You know how people always say that, you know, you should do what what you love and you'll never work a day in your life? I don't believe that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, there's no reward in doing things that aren't hard and yes but but being passionate about it and believing that you're doing this thing because you really want to be doing it means you can get through that the hardships you know it's it's that kind of good thing that you can hold on to when things don't feel good so I'd say it's it's the the value of doing something you're passionate about is that it you'll keep going even through the tough times I love it, Becca. (laughs) Oh my goodness. We've had an absolute blast. It's been so awesome to chat. Where can we learn more about you and Mustard Made? So you can find us on our Instagram, which is at Mustard Made, M-A-D-E. Or you can check out our website that has a lovely little story section that our designer, Soph, came up with and always makes me smile. Um, which is www.mustardmade.com. And we currently sell in Australia, New Zealand, the UK, Europe, and now, as of last year, America as well. Amazing. Ah, amazing. We will link them up in the show notes. Thank you so much again. I am I'm beaming. <laughs> you, are, you are such a joy. What, oh. what, what beautiful questions. Thank oh. you so much. Thank of you. Of course. My pleasure. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Remember, Peers, we're here to help you turn your passion into a business. And so is Shopify. And so if you're looking to start your biz, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Peers, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a review. We produce with passion, and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers.